Tonight I'm going to talk about the promises of God, and we are going to uh, plan on after church tonight uh, listening to pastor preach if it's possible. I'm not sure if last year we got it working, but uh, if you want to hang around, I encourage it. It's going to be a live um, feed, so we should be able to hear and see it very well. The promises of God is my sermon text for tonight. And the definition of promise is a binding legal agreement or a covenant, a promise. Second Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us, or so be it. Amen. So be it. As humans, we make, we make a lot of promises, and some we keep and some we don't. That's just us as humans. Psalms 105.8 says, He remembers his covenant forever and to a thousand generations. Now, some say a, a generation is 40 years. Some say it's 100 years. Let's just say it's 40 years. That's 40,000 years. I don't know anybody that's going to live that long. That's a long, long time. Anyone ever heard someone promise a thing and not do it? Sometimes it happens. Not on purpose, always. It's been said that promises are like eggs. They're easily broken. Politicians are very big. Politicians are very big about making promises, but uh, big on not keeping them. And I'm not saying all politicians because I know a couple of politicians that are good Christian men who love the Lord and are doing a great work. But they like to get the vote so they tell you what you want to hear. And uh, that's about what they do. They want to get the votes and so they lie to you most of the time and they make promises they can't keep. There's a cute joke about Johnny and the teacher. Teacher to Johnny, didn't you promise to behave yourself in class? Johnny said, yes, ma'am. Teacher, and didn't I promise you? Teacher says, and didn't I promise to punish you if you didn't? Johnny said, yes. But since I broke my promise, you don't have to keep yours. I sure wish that that would happen for me. I got a lot of spankings. Anybody get spankings in here? Yes. I remember so well of getting the spankings from obviously my own parents, but in school I just like to tease people, and my wife understands that, but I love teasing, and it got me in trouble. In junior high, even in my junior high years, back then they used to take paddles and uh, apply the, that board of education, you know. And... My, my downfall was not necessarily getting the spanking in school, but my principal and vice principal who gave me the spankings was my dad's customers. So when they came in to eat, my dad was told every time I got a spanking. And I thought that was unfair. There's different kind of promises, promise rings. Has anybody in here, I know that we did this last year about the promise rings. Remember the, the promise rings? Amen? Yes. Well, that's a promise to keep your 
your covenant uh, as to Lord and to your family that you will remain uh, doing right before marriage and being pure. Wedding vows are an exchange of promises or a covenant. Devil hates a covenant. He hates the word covenant. He likes to destroy. Doesn't like to have covenants. Did you know that God hates divorce? The prophet Malachi wrote in chapter 2 and verse 16, I hate divorce, the Lord of it, says the Lord of Israel. Now, I'm not pinpointing you or talking to you if you've been divorced. If that's all B.C. before Christ, it's not a problem. Don't worry about it. But Jesus points out in the very beginning, a marriage is a permanent arrangement. It's a permanent arrangement, marriage. If the Lord doesn't come back or we don't kick the bucket between now and June the 30th, my wife and I have been celebrating 45 years. Amen? I always like to throw in marriage not because of longevity, but because it's important to understand that to be able to get to 45 years, you got to do something right. And we put Jesus first as our foundation, our cornerstone. And from there, we, we know that God can work with a good foundation. You know, there's no reason, really honestly, today, other than stupidity, why anyone would not want to be together as a man and wife. I think to myself, you picked him or you picked her. Either you were stupid and dumb and didn't know what you're doing when you did it, or you got stupid and dumb, decided to leave. I'm not exactly sure that works, but the point I'm making is that you, you don't need to be breaking up in your marriage. There are a lot of tools out there. There are a lot of counselors. There are a lot of people to help. When we first got married, a few people would put out books. Today there are programs, there's DVDs, CDs, HB, CD, RPs, all kinds, of, all kinds of things to help people with their marriage. Don't give up, don't give in, and don't give out on marriage. Amen? Stick in there. And sometimes there's things beyond our control, I know. But when at all possible, get help, don't give up. You know, when we get alone, from a bank, if you ever got a loan, they make you sign a promissory note. It's a promise to pay that loan back. And if we don't obey the requirements, they'll come back and get stuff back from you. It's called repossession. I've had a repossession. We were going through some tough times many years ago before we moved here. I had a car taken from me. And that's no fun, just to let you know. If you never had a repo... Um, you seen on TV these guys repo cars? Bless their hearts. They got to have no heart, really. Because they're taking the one thing that it helps a person get to work, to survive and be able to get places, and they take it. Well, most of the time it can be avoided, but sometimes it's just a little difficult. Matthew 6.33 says, His promises to keep, He takes care of the righteous. He said the first of the kingdom of God and his seek, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
and all these things will be added to you. You say, what things are there that is added? You've read that scripture before. I've used it in scripture and, and taken up offering. Seek ye the kingdom of God first and his righteousness and all the things will be added unto you. Well, the things are found in verse 25, the previous verse of 33, and it talks about, uh, bottom line is don't worry about your life or worry about what you're going to eat or, or drink or clothing because God will take care of us. The Bible is full of promises. A pastor and evangelist who wrote a book once, he counted and worked uh, this up and discovered there's about 8,000 promises in the Bible. Makes you wonder if we're taking any of those to heart. Are we seeking after those promises? My father being a worship leader for many years, and I have mentioned this before, one of the songs that he used to love to sing was Standing on the Promises. Anybody raise your hand tonight if you heard that song? Oh, I know there's some old coots in here. This song was written in 1866. It stood the test of time. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, the words say, through eternal ages let the praises ring. Glory to the highest, I will shout and sing, standing on the promises of God. And it goes on to say, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God my Savior. I'm standing on the promises of God. We need to really realize that all those promises are for us. They're not for the sinner, they're for the saint. Amen? Standing on those promises that cannot fail. Standing on the promises of Christ the Lord. Bound to him eternally a love, strong cord. Overcoming daily with the spirit sword. Standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises I cannot fall. Listening every moment to the spirit's call. Resting in my Savior as my all and all. Standing on the promises of God. All of God's promises are conditional. And we know that God requires things. He's a good father. He requires us uh, things of us. If we give us everything we wanted, would be a small brat. Amen? But all those things are that he gives us and the promises are conditional and for us to be obedient to. Example of three different men who were obedient. Now, there would have been a difference if these three men were not obedient to what God said. Noah built an ark. He could have said, God, you have to find somebody else. I'm not going to do it. But see, Noah was a good man, and he listened, and he did what he was supposed to do. Abraham had to offer up Isaac as a sacrifice. He didn't have to, but he was obedient and said, I'm going to come to that place on the mountain and I'm going to sacrifice my own son because God said do it. I don't know how in the world he did it. Supernaturally, he got up there and did that because I couldn't do it. Moses appeared before Pharaoh. What the course of history 
would have happened if these men didn't step up and obey what God asked. Of course, the greatest example is of Jesus and being obedient to his father. We know in the Matthew, the book tells us that he was at that place in the garden where he even said, can this cup pass from me? Does it have to be this way, in other words? I don't want to have to go through this, but I know we got to do it. The character of God's promises are sure, faithful, enduring, and without end. It is impossible for God to fail on his promises. Our hope rests upon the promises of God. Promises are good. Promises are powerful. Aren't you glad the Holy Spirit is a helper? Acts 2, 4. I love what this says. There's a version that my wife and I have found called the voice. Now, it's not King James. It's not New King James. It's not NIV or Amplified, but it's called the voice. And I love how it's written. These, these words are written in the Bible and it, and it says it says the Holy Spirit took control of everyone on Acts 2.4 the Holy Spirit took control of everyone you ready for the Holy Spirit to take control amen I'm ready it's been said that many people don't understand the promises when they make them but they keep the promises anyway that's what love is you see, when you get married and you make these vows, <clears throat> you may not know what they exactly mean, every word and every line you're saying, but I can tell you, keeping them proves your love. Amen? We must claim the promises for our lives. Out of the thousands, I'm going to discuss quickly seven different promises. The promises of Philippians 4.19 Notice here that God is obligating himself to promise to supply all of our needs. He's obligating himself. You can, God can obligate himself by what he says. He must fulfill what he says, including food, shelter, <clears throat> clothing, companionship, love, and salvation through Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 he has made a provision for all salvation by grace through faith. Ephesians 2.8 said it is in obedience and faith that we have access to God's grace. Corinthians 10.13, God has promised that his children will not be overtaken with temptation. Instead, he assures us that there's a way of escape that's provided. Aren't you glad? Praise Jesus. God has promised us victory over death. Peter said he first resurrected Jesus by way of resurrection, assuring our resurrection. How many know we're never going to live forever until we get to heaven? This is what they call a dressing room. Dress rehearsal. But one day we'll stand before Jesus for all eternity. I'm looking for it. Romans 8, 28, for God has promised that all things work together for good 
to those who love and serve him faithfully. All things. This may be hard for some to understand. It, for me, it's hard to understand how that many times we, we see, the, see this and we, we can't understand what is it that God's working out for our good when we're going through such problems. But he sees the end, and we can only see right now. You see, God is over there, he's here, and he's over there too. So he knows the beginning from the end. So he understands how to operate our lives a lot better than we do. So we just have to realize these things, which he said he's going to promise to work faithfully, if we work faithfully, for the good. In John 3.16, God promised that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen? In 1 Corinthians 15.51 and 52, he promises us that a new glorious body, we get a new glorious body. How many are tired of your old body? One day we're going to leave this earth either by the grave or by Jesus coming back. You can't get out of this world alive. You got to go up or down first and then up. I got to thinking about if I were to lose weight, it might make it easier for me to get off the ground. And I thought, okay, Lord, if you're all powerful, you can get me up there. So I went and had another donut. Praise God. Can I have them musicians come forward? We're going to close here in a minute. We're going to have some time at the altar. But the promises of God are sure, full of hope, conditional upon our obedience. Tonight we know that we have the promises of salvation above all and beyond anything else. Salvation, the most important. You know, miracles can happen. Lays can grow. Healings can come. But the greatest miracle of all is Jesus in a changed life, receiving him. I'm totally amazed at a scene that we had here in that area with uh, some actors and actresses this past week were doing the filming for the judgment and looking at the lifestyle of those who had that kind of a lifestyle that was not serving God and thinking just like that, God can change it. He can change the life and that's the miracle of all. Stand with me tonight if you would please while the musicians prepare to sing and play.